the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Happy Tuesday. I mean, it seems like I've been saying that a lot today. We started off at 6 a.m. filling in for the great Joe Piscopo. <clears throat> Yesterday, uh, he laid his mom to rest in a beautiful ceremony. So uh, as a uh, tribute or favor or to allow Joe some time to breathe, I agreed to uh, fill in this morning for four hours. And it was an adventurous four hours. I got to speak to... The likes of Errol Lewis, Andy McCarthy, uh, Commissioner Kelly. And we covered a variety of issues. And I was like, you know what? I got plenty to talk about because I could just kind of regurgitate what I spoke about this morning until I look at the, the, the New York Times. I don't see what time did this come out right now. Four o'clock, three forty. Look, I'm going to speak. Yeah, I'm a little tired. It's been a day. Here's the headline in the Times. New York to consider reparations for dis- descendants of enslaved people. Governor Kathy Hochul signed a bill that will create the nation's third statewide task force to examine possible reparations for the lasting impact of slavery. The numbers, the numbers that they're talking about here are staggering. Slavery was uh, outlawed in New York in 1827. So if Joan wants to do the math and tell me how many years ago 1827 was, it was about, I, I think I could do it, uh, almost 200, right? With three short of 200, starting in the 2024. 20, so 200 years ago, um, I don't know how many generations that is, uh, 10, 20, I don't know. So I'm having Judge Cammons on after this. He could help me. Um, they're talking about billions Billions of dollars, billions of dollars at a time when the mayor of the city of New York is saying the shortfall based on the migrants who we're helping is going to be billions of dollars. So and, you know, I did some analysis of the numbers. The city of New York's budget has gone so lopsidedly in the direction of helping the migrants versus the state budget. It's unbelievable. And the fact that Hochul is talking when in a time the proposed payments could amount to more than $100 billion. That's in San Francisco. And they have less people there than we do. Um, let's see. Uh, New York has similar budget issues. After two years of record-setting state budgets following an influx of federal pandemic-era aid, state officials in New York are now projecting 
a budget deficit of $4.3 billion for 2024. Oh, oh, oh! And we already know that uh, the mayor is talking about cutting vital services, fire department, sanitation department, police department, education. They just closed the libraries on Sundays. And now, after decades, after decades, centuries, centuries, two centuries, decades, uh, uh, generations, now all of a sudden, when we're broke, worse than broke, we're in a deficit, now we're going to decide, let's go back 200 years and start writing checks to people who's, what is it, is it at least their great-grandparents, if not their great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents, you know, if this is not pandering, of course, oh, look, look who says thank you. The Reverend Al Sharpton, thank Governor Hochul for having the audacity and courage to back the proposal, calling the signing the beginning of a process to repair damage done. You cannot heal unless you deal with the wounds, he said, and this bill will put a commission together to be healing the wounds. Guys. Look, I haven't studied this. I haven't looked at the statistics. But for generations, we have been bending over backwards to help people of color, to help people who, who, whose ancestors were brought here against their will and, and were slaves. Horrible. I get it. Um, there's also, I mean, what are we going to do to for the ancestors of the soldiers who died in the Civil War fighting against slavery? How many? How much money are those guys, those families, going to get? Right? I mean, if look, if you're going to give some great, great, great grandkid uh, money because their great, great, great grandfather or mother was a slave, you're not going to give money to the great, great grandkid who's lost his father or uh, I'm sorry, his great grandparents fighting in the Civil War for slavery. Let's go. I mean, you know, uh, how about the? So this is 1827. I believe it was in the 1860s or the 1880s when, uh, after being acquitted of a homicide in New Orleans, uh, they lynched, after acquitted, found not guilty. They lynched the 11 Italians or Sicilians, I think, down in New Orleans. What are we going to do for the Jewish folks who FDR wouldn't allow to come into the country during World War II? Or the Japanese folks who we interned? I mean... James were 1891, and okay. it would have been about six generations or so, depending on how old or when you had kids. Up oh, there we go, my song. Six generations. About six. Okay, thank you. I mean, look, the timing of this. I mean, so this morning, what was I covering on, on Piscopo's show? All about the budget issues. I'm talking about it with Errol Lewis. I'm talking about it with Councilwoman uh, um, Palladino. I think that was the last time, right? Victoria Palladino. Yeah. Um, I was talking about it with Commissioner Kelly. Like, okay, you're the police commissioner, and the and the uh, the, the mayor says we're broke. You got to count cut 15 percent out of your budget. And now this this is the time with all the insanity going on in in the world between the migrants, between the uh, uh, the anti-Semitism. Uh, you know. It's Alec Baldwin on the street today. Alec, hey, God, listen, God, God bless, God bless Alec Baldwin because as you know, as much of a nut job as he is, you know, he stood up. Then there's something to. Oh, today they went into the Capitol. Yeah, and they went into all the transit hubs in New York. T- t- yeah, that was yesterday. That's when they. But today they went into the Capitol. I mean, th- I mean, this is 
gas. They were. I don't know what they were screaming. Kill the Jews, gas the Jews. How about we spend some of this money, Governor Hochul, on fighting the 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 racism and the bigotry that's going on right this second, right this second. That's like not not this. Oh, um, you know what is white privilege that you got to like uncover it. We have people in the streets screaming, kill the Jews. It's insane. I never thought I would see it in my life. When Mr. Bitter used to tell me as a Jewish person, you got to have a to-go bag and be ready to hit the road because they would come over you. He told me that like a year ago. I was like, you're out of your mind. I don't think he's so out of his mind anymore. I don't. I mean, I hope he is, but I don't think so. And this is what Governor Hoke, instead of us saying, I'm putting together a committee because I am sick and tired of people currently attacking Jewish folks. And we got to we got we got to fix that right now in the CUNY system, in the SUNY system, in the for the younger people in the Board of Education. She wants to go back and say, oh, what have we done? L- let's go back to 1827 and talk about what's what how these descendants of people from slavery have suffered. Look, obviously suffered. Obviously it was a horrible thing. But if you go back and you do uh, you do an analysis of the programs that we have the hoops that we have jumped through to make up for those wrongs as I said, yes, the black people were wronged and there was slavery and I know you're not allowed to compare it to anything else except I don't know the Holocaust, I don't know how many millions of, of Jewish people were killed. Stop it. I mean, the, 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 the prejudice that's still a, a, around here. You know, Alan Dershowitz graduated top of his class. He couldn't get a job in a white shoe law firm. Mario Cuomo graduated top of his class. He couldn't get a job in a white shoe law firm. Top of his class. Bottom line is, maybe there are issues that need to be looked at or addressed right now when we're broke, when we need money more than any time ever in, in, in recent history, maybe in the last 20, 25 years, this is when we're going to start doing things? When there's blatant, blatant, horrible things being said about our Jewish brothers and sisters, this is what we're going to examine? Don't go anywhere. Judge Cavins is coming back. We're going to talk about the ridiculous hoops they want the NYPT to jump through. We'll be right back. What's my age again? What's my age again? Hi, Kevin McCullough. Wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate. If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet. You need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best, period. (laughs) So tune in, Eye on Real Estate, Saturdays at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. That's Eye on Real Estate, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer. 
Let's talk about my friends and family at Bay Ridge Honda. That's right, Bay Ridge Honda in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, on 88th Street and 4th Avenue for 60 years, run by the Sabah family. And now at the helm is Rob Sabah, someone who I know very well from my days at Poly Prep. His sister Danielle, her husband Billy, they will make you feel like you're part of their family when you walk into Bay Ridge Honda. My whole family has purchased cars there at some point or another. The Honda vehicles right now are off the charts, as you heard, uh, Lauren Fix say last night, there are two, uh, the Honda Accord and the Honda Civic are on Car and Driver's top 10 best cars list of 2024, and the Honda Accord is in the running for the greatest car in the world. It's going to be voted on and announced uh, this April. So right now, it's the Happy Honda Days. They're going on right now until the end of the year, until January 2nd. No payments until March 24th. Lowest prices of the year selling under MSRP this month. All the brand new 2024 Hondas that are in stock and ready for delivery. Yes, you can still get one and put it under the Christmas tree with a big bow. Be sure to ask the staff at Bay Ridge Honda about the Bay Ridge Plus package that will have your new or used car covered. So what are you going to do? You're going to go to Bay Ridge Honda on 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, right outside the uh, entrance to the R train, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. The Happy Honda Holiday Sale ends on January 2nd. This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare RX, a leading specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. InfuCareRx.com, improving quality of life one patient at a time. Here is Dr. Mario Vukic of Hackensack University Medical Center. Intravenous immunoglobulin can be used in those patients who are on immunosuppressive therapy, have primary immunodeficiency, or help prevent severe infection. IVIG is useful in conditions that are a result of an overactive immune system. From a neurologic point of view, it is used in conditions which result in intermittent weakness, numbness, or a combination of both, including CIDP, multifocal motor neuropathy, Guillain-Barre syndrome, dermatomyositis, and polymyositis. Recently, we have seen IVIG used in certain cases of long COVID respond positively to therapy. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuCareRx, and the information, comments, or views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuCareRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. Let's talk about our friends at Connors & Sullivan, as uh, my friend John Esposito is in the office, as is his young daughter, you know, John looks healthy. He looks like he's fit as a fiddle. He actually looks like the best he's looked since I've known him in uh, 31 years. But you know what? He can hit the boards tomorrow. Boom! Get the kabirka, grab his chest, and it's all over. It, will he be covered? Will Sophia be covered? Will little John be covered? What about Debbie? We need to take care of Debbie. Go to Connors and Sullivan. They're the lawyers who are going to take care of your estate. Wills, trusts, power of attorneys, healthcare proxies, living wills, your overall estate plan. The goal of Connors and Sullivan, attorneys of law, is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people just like you. Someone like John, who, you know, has two children and significant others, multiple of them. Helps them plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. And you can visit Connors & Sullivan now for a free, no obligation, free consultation. Call Connors & Sullivan today at 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. Don't be like John Esposito and wait. Do it now. Visit their website at connorsandsullivan.com. And remember what Mike Connors always says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Well, someone told me yesterday. 
nice song. You know, this is one of my... I, when I used to be on Imus and they used to make you do top five songs, this was one of my top five songs, the, the live version of this. Great song. It's really fantastic. You know about this? I know about the police. You know about the live version of I know. So Lonely? You got to break it out. It's pretty cool, San Bellino. So I San Bellino a couple hours ago, it seems like. Well, that was a lot longer than that. All right. So I was a little heated in that first segment. I bu- my buddy... Derek, God bless him, listens on a regular basis. He texts me, what do we, children of immigrants in this last century, have anything to do with slavery? My family was chased all over the world, and we came here, and now I owe some other people reparations? The concept is asinine, whether we had the money or not. All right, well, you know, I can't say at this point I am going to disagree. Uh, Someone who I very rarely disagree with, uh, is sitting in front of me. He is uh, wearing a bow tie and is very, very handsome. Uh, no, it is not John Esposito. He doesn't wear a bow tie. He thinks it's okay to come into the office wearing blue jeans. I'm sorry, Mom. I mean, he won't wear them tomorrow night to the ABK party, but today he is doing that. And I, the reason why I asked Judge Barry Cammons to come in and chat with us is because one of the things I spoke about this morning with um, the former police commissioner, the former spectacular police commissioner, Ray Kelly, was this new proposal that the city council wants to put forth about any uh, questioning whatsoever that the police officers have with citizens on the street needs to be uh, written down. And then, uh, Judge Cummins, you can take it away as to what exactly they are requiring. Okay, well, thank do. you, Arthur. And by the way, as soon as this segment is over, I'm going to make an appointment with my cardiologist after that last... Well, uh, but thank you for... You're in better uh, shape than Esposito. Okay. So uh, the, the proposal before the city council is very, very comprehensive, and it expands the obligation, would expand the obligation of a police officer who's out in the street to file reports that up to now he has not had to do. Now, let me just give the your listeners just a little background. There was About 50 years ago, there was a case, People Against the Boer, and in that case, the court did of... Did you know? Did you know him? I was very close with him. With yes, DeBoer? yes. Okay. We used to what was travel. His first name again? Uh, uh, Francois ja- Jacob. Jacob. Oh, Jacob DeBoer. Jacob DeBoer. Okay. DeBoer. It was a furniture salesman. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> on the Lower East Side. No, I think it was more on the Upper East Side. Okay. Uh, so uh, the Court of Appeal said, "Look, we're having thousands of arrests made on the streets and drug arrests, and we have to figure out a way of giving police officers some some guidelines on what they can do out on the street, short of making an arrest. Can they just walk up to anybody they want?" Or do they need a reason to do that? So they came up with a, a four levels uh, under DeBoer under which an officer can approach a citizen on the street. Uh, the first is just the right to approach, f- not for any criminal reason, but to ask a question when there's a reasonable reason for doing that. The second is the right to make so some... So wait, con- hold on. Let's yeah. just give an example. Let's say it's 10 degrees outside. And a police officer sees some guy standing outside with shorts and a T-shirt on. Right. Well, that wouldn't be too unusual in New York, but uh, but uh, it might. I'm not arouse... talking about the naked cowboy. Yeah, yeah. But it might give the officer a reason to walk up and ask the person. Is everything yeah, okay? Everything okay? You live around here, but that's about it. There's, the officer wouldn't be able to do anything further. But under level two, the right to inquire. There has to be some minimal amount of of criminal uh, activity going on for the officer to come up and say, "What's in that bag?" Thinking that there might be something uh, criminal. Uh, well, you have to think that criminal activity is a foot or at hand or a hand. Okay, right, some part of the body. Um, now, under level three, the right to stop. That, of course, everyone's familiar with. That's the, at present, the officer has to write up a report when they stop someone and they do not make an arrest. They have to file what's called a stop report. 
up to now, that's the only report that has to be made. Under this p- proposal by the city council... Well, wait, wait, before we get to the yeah. proposal, and what's the fourth? Oh, the fourth level is the right to arrest. But there, there's a tremendous amount of paperwork, but you would, uh, underst- you, you would agree that that has to be done because there's an arrest being made. So let's just play this out for a second. Let's just say there's a guy in, in a bathing suit and a T-shirt and it's 10 degrees outside. Police officer says, well, that's not normal. Let me just walk over. As he gets closer... He sees some form of a bulge that in a in a like by his hip in the bathing suit where a bulge should not be where a bulge should not right, be. Right. So I was like, hmm, is that a weapon? Could that be a big knife? Could that be a gun? But he doesn't know. He can't see. But now he's allowed to inquire a little further, right? Because right, maybe might criminal say, activity could be a fr- right. So he might say, "What's under what's under the bathing suit?" But the person can turn around, and walk away. He can run away. The officer can't do anything about it. Um, the right to stop, of course, under level three is where the officer can actually physically restrain the person and do an investigation. So and hypothetically, if he saw what appeared to be the butt of a the gun, outline, the outline of, of a, a weapon, right. right? Now he can say, "Hold on," and he could grab him could, by the arms and, and then, and then as part, right, and as part of the stop, he could also frisk. And if he feels what he believes to be a weapon, then he can make a level four arrest. Okay. So those are the four levels. And folks, just so you understand, that all applies to drugs as well. Just take the same scenario and God forbid, pretend it's cocaine or heroin or anything along those lines. Go Correct. Ahead, Judge Cammons. Correct. So now we have the bill that says not only does the officer have to file a stop report when he does not make an arrest or she does not make an arrest, but when you approach somebody on the street just to ask, have you seen anybody around, you know, a, a question like, did you see the person who supposedly ran through this area with firing a weapon? And the person says, no. Now there has to be some documentation of what that conversation was about. The race, according to the bill, the officer has to detail information about the race and ethnicity of the person, the gender factors that led to the interaction, whether the interaction led to a summons. I mean, the paperwork would be unbelievable because these reports, either on the level one or level two, would stop the officer from continuing on with his, uh, his daily, uh, his or her daily activities. Yeah. I mean, you want them filling out paperwork? You want them looking around? and saying who is you know is criminal activity afoot elsewhere and also it may create some tension when an officer has to say can i get your ethnicity can i get your race you know i mean some people may be offended by that question now look it's a great tool for accountability it's a great tool for training officers need to be trained on the board i agree with that and they need to uh, we need to know that they're following the law but i don't think that an officer can be expected to fill out all these forms and do a proper job at the same time. It's out in the field. Everything is in the heat of the moment. It's a fluid situation, and officers can't be expected to start filing reports which will stop what they're doing, you know, and prevent them from really uh, being engaged in, in what they're supposed to be doing. Well, and as a, uh, whoa, look at that. Hold on one second. You want to come back? One, two, all right, there we go. We had a little technical difficulty. As an Idala Power Hour exclusive, John Esposito actually would like, who's been, he's a veteran former prosecutor and criminal defense attorney. Uh, go ahead, John. The biggest problem with this legislation is the fact that it actually is going to prevent police officers from going into the community and interacting with people because they're not going to want to do the paperwork. So as opposed to going over to Johnny, who looks like he should be in school, and finding out where he is and why he's not in school, unfortunately, the reality, the practical reality, is that it's going to dramatically reduce the amount of police interactions just because police officers, being human as they are, are not going to want to do 
unnecessary, unwarranted paperwork. Now, I'm not. I'm going to go out on a limb, John Esposito, and no offense to Piscopo in the morning, that you were not listening to Piscopo in the morning at 9.05, because you know who said exactly what you said, almost verbatim? Police Commissioner Ray Kelly. Okay. Well, exactly. Then, exactly as a former prosecutor and as someone who's interacted with police officers for many, many years, it's just unfortunate that they would be put in a position where they are not going to want to interact with people. And it's also going to cause a big problem with the law as it stands now with respect to discovery, whether all these reports are now going to have to be part of a prosecution. Young prosecutors are losing their minds trying to gather up discovery from every possible place that has to be turned over as part of a prosecution. So I don't know exactly how that would fit in, but certainly with respect to the former part of it, it is not a good idea. It's just a horrendous idea. So just so you know, this morning when I was on with Police Commissioner Kelly and talking about the the, the paperwork um, and about the chilling effect it would have on police officers to fill out the paperwork, I said, you know what the biggest problem I have in my law office is? The paperwork <laughs> of the lawyers filling out their timesheets about how often you know they spent with what clients doing what. So, uh, you know, the billing part of it. So... Uh, I, the word around the campfire is that Mayor Adams is planning on vetoing this bill, but I don't. I may it may be able to survive an override. Um, we are going to take a break, and I am going to have Tom Harris because it's Tuesday. Come on, not only wear the hat of um, being the, the head of the Times Square Alliance, but he was an inspector uh, in the NYPD, and I, and I believe he's involved in this fight somehow or another. He wrote a letter, as Joni is showing me. And um, Judge Cammons, I will reiterate what many people say, you are an excellent guest. Uh, and I, unfortunately for you, I think in 2024, you're going to be a regular guest. So I know, you know, you're a shy, timid guy, but... Uh, no, no, I'm ready. You're ready. Okay. And uh, we had a cameo from, from Johnny Pete and Johnny Beach Esposito, who, God willing, has, will go to Connison Sullivan just in case something happens. Uh, all right, folks, it is the bottom of the hour. What time is it? 6.29. We're almost at 6.30. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with Tom Harris. We're going to talk about this bill, and we're going to talk about New Year's Eve because, according to Joan, this is Tom Harris's Super Bowl. Don't go away. We'll be right back. just jetting around looking for something to do tonight at seven look no further come travel with us travel tuesday linda perillo kevin mccullough talking all the big travel news of the day and we hope you'll join us it'll be a fun trip don't miss the new movie by dinesh d'souza police state we have freedom of religion and freedom of speech MAGA republicans threaten the very foundation of our republic Are we becoming a police state? The government is trying to crush the conservative movement, our society, and our freedoms. They define you as radical. How did we give the state this kind of power? If they're coming for me, they're coming for you. Police state. Buy it or stream it now at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Orange have earned a bowl game for the second straight season and will meet South Florida in the Boca Raton Bowl Thursday at 8 p.m. Join us for Orange pregame Thursday, 7 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer. New York's home for Syracuse University football. (laughs) 
This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800 800- 353-2973 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-353-2973. That's 800-353-2973. What do you have to lose? Call 800-353-2973. Again, 800-353-2973. Hello, this is John Leventhal. I am a partner in the law firm of Idala Bertuna and Kamins. I have been a lawyer for 43 years, including 13 years as a trial judge and 13 years as an appellate judge. I have presided over almost every kind of civil and criminal case, and I have seen litigants facing almost every legal problem you can imagine. What is the most important thing for a litigant to do? It is to obtain the right lawyer, someone with the ability to navigate you through the court system and achieve the best possible outcome. At Idala Bertuna and Kamins, that is what we offer. When I was on the bench, Idala Bertuna and Kamins earned the reputation of being the boutique law firm that fights passionately for their clients in the most professional manner in both civil and criminal cases. I am proud to be a member of the Idala Bertuna and Kamins law firm, where our lawyers will give you the powerful representation you all deserve. Hey, let's talk about my friends at Plaza College, and they really are my friends. It's amazing. What a great year it has been for me with the folks at Plaza College, from Chuck right at the top to Karen, and hopefully I'm going to see her tomorrow night, actually, at the Shindig. We're having a Shindig tomorrow night. Sam are you coming to the Shindig? I am, sir. I'll be there. All right. So here's the deal. Plaza College is kind of like a one-stop shop to get your life back on track. Or, or or get it on track if it has a, if you're a young person or you know a young person and they're responsible and they're motivated but they just don't know what direction they want to go in going to the Plaza College website or just going to the school and taking a tour is really the way to go um you know you heard me speak about their nursing program the dental hygiene program and of course this all started with the court reporting program um the court reporters are in demand they are it's a job where it's nice to know you go to school and you get out and you got a job court schools television stations they're all looking for people to do depositions and live texting and all that stuff so what are we going to do the national court reporters association has partnered with plaza college to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. This program is called A to Z and it's being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com.
We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. All right, well, there we go. It's all lag time. We got a couple of weeks to go. Now, who know? I know who that is. I'm sure you don't know who that is, Sam Bellino, right? Uh, I do know because I put this in the system. It's... All right, so you don't know. Does Joni know who he was? When he says, no, I don't think he's a... It's Guy Lombardo. Correct. Guy Lombardo. It's not how Jones is all off base here. I'm sure Tom Harris knows. Tom, you knew that was Guy Lombardo, right? I knew it was Guy Lombardo, but Matt and Joni are too young to remember ringing in the new year with Guy Lombardo. We had Guy Lombardo, the album on, and, and literally the album, the vinyl album, on, on a very, very <laughs> regular basis in the Idala household for decades. All right, Tom Harris, I'll give you the choice. You want to start New Year's or you want to start uh, talking about the uh, NYPD? Why don't we start with 586 since you were talking about bathing okay. suits and butts T- and bulges? Can I, let me let me just let me just say one thing, and, yes? and then I I just I don't hate to interrupt you, but this just came down, and we'll we'll talk about it in the next segment. I don't know with who, but the Colorado Supreme Court rules that Donald Trump is not qualified for the presidency. The Colorado Supreme Court on Tuesday ruled that former President Trump is disqualified from holding the office of the presidency. The big picture um, is the ruling means that the GOP presidential frontrunner won't appear on the state's ballot in 2024. The state's wow. high court questioned whether Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which prohibits those who engage in insurrection from holding office, covers the presidency, and whether the January 6th attack on the cup- on the Capitol rose to that level. Wow. Um, I mean, that's all we know. This is breaking news, thanks to Sam Bellino. So, Joe, Joni, she's on it. Maybe you should go ask Judge Cannons to help us, Joan. Um, all right, Tom Harris, former inspector, NYPD. I know you know a lot. I believe you got someone involved with this whole uh, law that they're trying to pass it through the New York City Council. Tom Harris, Inspector Tom Harris, talk to us. Okay, so look, I, I understand what the city council is trying to do, improve transparency, and I think that's a noble gesture. I think the unintended consequences of this bill far outweigh anything positive. Let's look at what it requires. It mandates the officer to fill out a report for all investigative encounters. Not all criminal encounters, just investigative encounters. So a level one encounter, assisting someone on a train who's sick and asking the person next to them, hey, did you see what happened before this person passed out? Did they say anything? That is going to generate a report that includes a person's race, age, gender, uh, and ethnicity of the person that they speak to. So I, I would say that we got into trouble and we sort of fractured the relationship between the police and the public, when we started to put numbers over people, we were probably a little bit too focused on the crime numbers, the stop, question, and risk numbers, and that caused a divide between the police and the community. I think at this time, like you said about in your first segment, with all that is going on, with all of the challenges that our city faces, 
this is the time when we're going to further that divide. We should be looking to build relationships between the police and the public, not a database of meaningless, innocuous encounters with the public. You heard from John Esposito that it's going to have discovery implications. I think you talked about on Joe Piscopo, former Commissioner Kelly, uh, said that it's going it's to make the cops less likely to do their jobs. There are a whole host of reasons why this just isn't the time. And w- when you have four of the five district attorneys saying, hey, this is a problem, the police saying that it's a po- problem, a lot of members of the public saying it's a problem, I think it's time to hit pause and look and see what we can do that to, to, to build relationships between the public and the police, not further the divide. I mean, Tom, you were, you know, I know you ended on a very high level at the NYPD, but I'm assuming at some point you were down there doing, you know, uh, hand-to-hand combat, meaning shaking hands and talking to people in the community. I mean, how much would it inhibit you if, you know, if you had to fill out a form anytime you, you know, you started interacting with someone? And look, it's probably a lot easier now with with the smartphones, but still, let's just play this out. The police respond to a radio run of a crime in progress. They get there. They see a couple of people and they say, hey, what's going on? Every one of those folks, they're supposed to document their age, their race, their ethnicity, their gender. Uh, It's, it's, and just think about, being at the scene, it's a very dynamic encounter. Then they have to do that. If they miss someone, is that a failure in discovery? It just leads to a whole host of problems when the person who called 911 is just looking for help. And we should do everything we can to help them, not document every innocuous conversation with anyone at the scene when the police respond. And, you know, you mentioned the smartphone. I'm sure what they're going to say is the cops are going to have an app and they're just going to press a button, a couple of buttons with their thumbs and that's all the paperwork that's necessary. But as Judge Cameron said earlier, now you got to ask him, how old are you? And there may be people who don't want to tell you how old they are. Like my friend Frank from Staten Island, if a cop asks him how old he is, he's going to get old. He's going to start twirling the hair on his chest. Um, and there's other people who you may not be able to tell their ethnicity. And now you got to get involved with or that. And and you're making a and and you're either asking someone their gender, and you know if I'm I, I'm I I don't have any issue with it, but really I just saw this lady fall down. I'm calling nine one one for help. I stayed here to try to do the right thing, and now you want to know that that I'm sixty years old, that I'm white, that my family came from Ireland, and that I identify as a male. Yeah, that's kind of. What does that have to do with trying to get help? No, time. no, I, I hear you. All right, Tom, before, I, I appreciate you weighing in on this and your insight and obviously your involvement. Tell me about New Year's Eve. New Year's, 12 days, so not even two weeks, 12 days. We're very excited. Uh, we have a couple of performers that were, were I think I teased last week. Paul Anka is going to sing Imagine in My Way. Flo Rida is going to perform uh, on, on the stage at Times Square. We just announced today special guests from the 2023 National Women's Soccer League champions, the New York, New Jersey, Gotham, uh, Ali Krieger, Kelly O'Hara, and Midge Purse are going to be recognized as the official special guests for 2024. 
Uh, it's going to be a great night in Times Square. I, I hope that everyone can attend. If they can't attend, please tune in. Uh, a, a million people will be in the area on New Year's Eve, and a billion worldwide are going to tune in to watch the ball drop in Times Square. All right. Now, I, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but I am curious, Tom Harris, on nights like that, yes. what kind of weather are you looking for? You're looking for 50 degrees and warm and encouraging a ton of people to come, or you're looking for 20 degrees and freezing and it kind of keeps some people away? Okay, so I, I, what I found is we've done New Year's Eve in zero-degree weather when I had one of my sanitation workers' Carhartt jumpsuits on and a jacket over it to keep warm. We had a monsoon a couple of years ago where I think I went through three or four uh, uh, changes of clothing, and then we've had 40-degree weather where when I come out to Times Square at 4 o'clock in the morning, people are already lined up. Everything has its pros and cons. We're just looking for a nice, safe night, and thanks to the to the great men and women of the New York City Police Department, I know we will have a great, safe night in Times Square. All right, real quick, Tom. The first New Year's Eve in Times Square was? 1904. That a boy. And the first ball drop on New Year's Eve in Times Square was? 1907. Oh, and the only years the ball has not dropped? Uh, it was during World War II, 42 and 43. With a dim out. But why did the celebration come to Times Square, Arthur? Because Tom Harris wanted it to. Well, that's, I, even I was not around in 1904, but it, we used to celebrate New Year's Eve in New York City down at Trinity Church. In 1904, the city's first subway line opened up in Times Square. The New York Times moved their headquarters to one Times Square. And Times Square was named Times Square. It used to be called Longacre Square. So to celebrate that, they had a great big party. It was heard 30 miles away in Croton-on-the-Hudson. There were hundreds of thousands of people there. And from that year on, it became the place that we celebrated in New York City. All right, Tom Harris. Thank you so much, Tom. And... Uh I don't know. You know, I don't know what, what the next week's going to hold. Jones got all this pressure on me. She goes, it's Tom Harris's Super Bowl. We got to give him as much air time. We got to give him as much air time as possible. Well, so. And I did a wishing wall wish for you, Arthur and Marianne and your kids. I did it for your parents. I did it for Tom and the Times Square Alliance and our whole ABK family. So that was a beautiful thing. All right. Well, Tom, Joni we always is, appreciate you. Joni is the best, Arthur. Arthur said, Joni thinks about everyone else and all you and Matt do is pick on her and say, she drives you crazy. I agree, but that's why we have a statue of her going up in the Idola Virginia <laughs> and Camish. That's her that's her yeah. Christmas bonus. All right. Thank you so much, Tom. Happy Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and keep in touch. And if you're around, I hope I'm going to see you tomorrow. Uh, I will see you tomorrow. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and I will definitely be back on January 2nd to recap the events. And I'm up for whatever you're up for next week, Arthur. I'm not taking any time off. All right. Enjoy uh, the, the Tom Harris Super Bowl. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back. We have a little time left. Obviously, I want to talk about this Trump thing. Maybe we'll try to get a special guest on for the last four or five minutes to discuss. Don't go away. We'll be right back. I take Relief Factor, and it works well for me, and I'm confident it'll work well for you. Like many of you guys have seen, have heard me crying over the last few days because I kind of regret not being on top of it more with Relief Factor because now I'm sore in the mud uh, lifting weights at the gym. 
and now I got to double up on my relief factor. But one thing that I'm confident about is if, if I continue to be consistent with two a day, again, like I started out with, I think I'll feel just fine. And I love the fact that I have something to go to because other than that, I just would have to suffer through the burn and the, and the soreness. But since I have relief factor, I'm just two a day. And I, I say in about a day or so, I'm going to feel it all over again. Feeling good. Be proactive. If you know you're going to start working out, are you getting ready to do a big marathon or something Something that you want to do that may be strenuous? Start taking Relief Factor ahead of time. And that's why you should get the three-week quick starter. And three weeks ahead of an event or race or something like that, you got plenty of Relief Factor on deck, and you will feel amazing. ReliefFactor.com, 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 or 800 for relief Fastech Industries, yep, those are all buddies. Fastech Industries, that part of that DeFazio company group, Fastech Industries, they help you with your construction, demolition, and your weekly waste removal needs. They have roll-off containers from 10 to 40 yards, perfect for house, attic, and garage cleanouts, or construction and demolition debris. Fastech specializes in the removal and recycling of dirt, rock, concrete, brick, and asphalt in all five boroughs, every corner of New Jersey, and now serving Westchester County. Fastech is the number one supplier of recycled products. Fastech is the number one wholesaler of virgin quarry materials. Fastech is the number one provider of roll-off containers. And if you mention this ad when you call Fastech, you're going to get $25 off your next roll-off container. So call Fastech at 718-494-1600, 718-494-1600. Go online to FazTechIND.com, F-A-Z-T-E-C-I-N-D.com. Fastech Industries, now serving Westchester County, and they are a DeFazio company. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. What are we listening to, Sam Bellino? Pet Shop Boys, always on my mind. Wow, 1987. Um, also, amongst a little bit of sad stuff, is um, I didn't realize this. You know, in the top 100 uh, football players, behind Lawrence Taylor, who was number four, the number one defensive player was Reggie White. And um, I did not re- realize that Reggie White died. Uh, at such a young age, he died at the age of 42, I'm sorry, 43, back in 2004. It looked like he died of like a, a heart attack, basically. Um, and it may have been caused by untreated sleep apnea. He was a big, great, great, great football player. They're saying he's the number fifth guy who's ever played the sport, number two defensive man. And he died today. Yes, Joan. His Legacy Foundation is to help those with sleep apnea. They found a machine next to his bed unopened. Ah, okay. Sad. All right. Um, Hank Shankoff. I'm getting all. I'm getting these these uh, uh, all these headlines. My phone's blowing up that Donald Trump can't appear on the 2024 presidential primary ballot in Colorado because of his actions surrounding January 6th. Their highest court ruled this. The first of its kind decision sided with a group of Colorado voters who argued in a lawsuit that the Republican, uh, the Republican frontrunner was disqualified under a clause in the 14th Amendment enacted after the Civil War that disqualifies from public office those who swore to defend the Constitution and then engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States. So, Hank Schenkoff, the political genius, 
what happens if Trump doesn't get those uh, electoral votes? Or, or Woody, I don't even know. Does Colorado, is that a blue state, a red state? I don't know the answer to that. It's, it's a sometimes either state. But the question is a very fine attorney is can you say this about someone who's not been convicted of doing anything? Was right. he convicted of a crime related to January 6th? No. Okay, so, but I think Colorado has a problem. That you could bet for sure that it, it well, you bet, you have, it's a reasonable bet that that uh, act by the legislature, whomever decided to do this, will be tossed, and that he'll wind up on the ballot. Ditto in New York, where, where state legislators are talking about banning him from the ballot because they decided so. You know, every time some wise Democrat does something like this, it only creates about another 100,000 Republicans. Because people say, wait a second, the guy's not convicted. You're tossing him off the ballot. You're not going to let him be there. What kind of stuff is this? From a legal point of view, Hank, we're talking to Hank Shankoff about the ruling that came down today from the highest court of Colorado that uh, Trump is going to be thrown off the ballot. Obviously, they're going to have to figure out a way to go to the Supreme Court of the United States of America because there's nowhere else to go in the state of Colorado. No, they're going to wind up in the Supreme Court. Trump appointed the judges on the Supreme Court. Better than 50-50 shot that this gets tossed. And again, what have they convicted him of? That what they're doing every time they do something like this is they make whoever does it is to make Trump bigger than he really is. Make him larger than life. Why don't you just just swear him in already? You know, he's he's a leading candidate right now. He's got a, he's a, about a 60. He's got a better than 65, 70 percent shot of being the Republican nominee against Biden with Biden's polling numbers. He's got a reasonable shot of beating him. I mean, a lot can happen between now and then. But still, why are you making Trump more than he is? What's well, the purpose of it politically? Hank, I only have a couple minutes left till the end of the show. I want to talk about one other poll that came out. It was on the cover of the New York Times today, and it was very disturbing that um, only one-third of the people polled, and it was a Siena College poll, which is a pretty legitimate poll, only one-third of the people polled uh, agreed with Joe Biden's tremendous support for israel and how israel is handling handling things and i know it was like 54 56 something like that percent 55 percent disagreed and it was 11 percent that were undecided what is hank shankov you're a poll guy you know how to read polls what does that mean sure. to this country what does it mean to my jewish brothers and sisters well it, it means a lot it means that the democratic coalition is going to come apart it means that uh, the that the that the era of jews in this country is fast coming to a close and that uh, anti-Semitism and dislike of Israel, if there's another story in the Times about this, you know, is uh, certainly related. And it's only a matter of time before the United States uh, does what the, these uh, people un- unschooled want it to do, which is to reduce its activity for the state of Israel. And I won't be alive to see it because I'm older than you, but you will be eating grass when the, when, the, when the enemies of this country take over the Mediterranean Basin which was Harry Truman's great fear in 1948, hence the Truman Doctrine. Those are the facts of life. Iran is the enemy. The Israelis are fighting a proxy war against Hezbollah and Hamas and, uh, and the Houthis now for the United States of America. And if, and if the Israelis don't do it, those enemies of the United States will be here. Make no mistake, this is about Sharia law. It's about telling this country what it ought to be, not what the people want, and ultimately destroying the United States of America. And they're just... Uh, they're playing with fire, but it's the end of it's the end of the Jewish uh, the Jewish presence in this country as we know it. Boy, yeah. Hank, do I hope you are so wrong. I mean, do I mean I know, and, and what the scary part is, you're typically not. But boy, do I hope you're so wrong. I have no problem telling you though. I never thought, and I, I could start ending the show where I began it earlier. 
you know, I have a very good friend, a dear friend, and he listens to the show on a regular basis. And he had told me about a year ago, he goes, you know, and he's my age, 53, 54. He goes, you know, when you're a Jew, you got to have a to-go bag. And you got to be ready to hit the road at any time. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? Are you crazy? And all of a sudden, I don't think he's so crazy anymore. He's not crazy. And But what the Americans who agree with, uh, with that Times poll need to do is go to their medicine chest tonight and empty them out. Go to their, go to their, stop, stop using the COVID vaccine. Do not bother to get any more, uh, any more, you know, vaccinations for polio, Sabin and Salk and on and on and on. Because when we go, historically, we take everything with us. The culture dies. Ask the North African countries if they're doing great today. We go on and on and on. Ask the Spaniards what they're doing. They're a 50th rate power. Okay, Hank. You know you're what supposed happens? to come. You're supposed to come to my holiday celebration tomorrow. Do you think you maybe yeah, could bring some you know good what? cheer? Yeah, I can. You know what? I'm dancing, my brother. I mean, and I'm a lousy dancer. I'm like Elaine Bettis in the Seinfeld show. When I start dancing, people start vomiting. It's the most amazing thing. I mean, yeah. Well, Hank, I want to thank you for uh, for jumping on the line so quick. I and and, I, and let me just thank you for the whole year of always being available, jumping on the Idola Power Hour. Your expertise and your experience is is so valuable to me personally, but to all of our listeners. So thanks so much. Well, you're a great man, Arthur. You're a good man. You're and generationally, you're a good man. What can I say? You come from great stock. Well, I appreciate that. There you go, folks. That is Hank Shankoff. I'm just reading uh, one more piece of this decision. The court, uh, the higher court, affirmed the district judge's other key conclusions that Mr. Trump's actions before and on January 6th constituted engaging in insurrection and that the courts had the authority to enforce Section 3 against a person whom Congress had not specifically designated. But what the lower court said is this does not apply to the presidency, and uh, the higher court, their version of uh, the Supreme Court, the Colorado Supreme Court, said, no, 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 it does. It does apply to the presidency. In a lengthy ruling ordering the Colorado Secretary of State to exclude Mr. Trump from the state's Republican primary ballot, the justices reversed a Denver district judge's finding last month that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which disqualifies people who have engaged in insurrection against the Constitution after having taken an oath to support it, it prevents them from holding office. But the lower court said, but that doesn't apply to the president, and that lower court Denver district judge has been overruled, and their highest court has told the Secretary of State, take his name off, and obviously this case is going to have to go to the Supreme Court of the United States. Scary times, folks. This is nuts. We'll be back tomorrow, live and local, on the Author Idola Power Hour. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.